Good morning and welcome home. Welcome, welcome to all. On a, in Singapore right now, it's a cold and chilly and wet uh, morning. Really thankful for everyone joining us online and on-site, right? To this last Sunday of the worship for 22.3 at Free Community Church. So, before we start, right, um, I'd like to extend, let us extend a warm welcome to one another so that we can warm our hearts and prepare ourselves in encountering and worshipping God. So, for those who are online, right, maybe you can just send a good morning message for us on site. Turn to one another. Right, let us acknowledge one another, share our peace, our joy. Right, and extend that to one another. So, so let us, as we are preparing our hearts for worship, right, as we prepare ourselves to call to uh, to respond to the call to worship, I invite all of us to join me in reflecting on how the year has been for you and what lies ahead for you in twenty two four. What kind of aspirations? Are there any fear? Are there any anxiety or anticipation? What? How are you feeling towards? the coming year. Recognize that. I invite you to lift it up to the Lord. So, for those who are with us on site, may I invite you to stand in body and in spirit to respond to the call to worship. Hungry for meaning, welcome home. Thirsty for purpose, welcome home. Yearning for comfort, welcome home. Burning for challenge, welcome home. Ready for learning, welcome home. Eager for serving, welcome home and welcome to worship. Now let's join the worship team for a time of worship and encountering the Lord.
Please be seated. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Mark, and I'll be leading prayer for today. Uh, during the prayer, uh, I'll be leading in a corporate section, but uh, they'll also be leaving some time for you to uh, lift out your own prayers um, in a moment, a couple of moments of silence. Uh, yeah? So don't be um, um, afraid right, to just um, bear... Uh, uh, your heart to God and um, lift up whatever concerns you have or thanksgivings you know you have on your heart to God. Okay, and then I'll close off in prayer. All right, so let's prepare ourselves uh, for prayer. Mighty and loving God, wonderful Redeemer, Provider, Father, Mother, and Friend. Thank you for the year that has passed and for your blessings in our lives. You are the presence that cannot be seen and yet can be fully felt. You are the Lord who is faithful, who protects, who guides, who teaches, and who comforts us in the good times and the bad times. Lord, you are the God who is with us in the big moments, but also the moments of the mundane. You are with us in our times of strength, but also in the times that we feel weak and fragile. We give thanks with a grateful heart for all that is given, and for your presence in our lives and in this community. As a church, Lord, we want to lift up in Jesus' name anyone here today who feels unworthy. For Lord, your love is limitless and like the mighty oceans, lifts up all who surrender to you. Lord, we want to lift up in Jesus' name anyone here today who is in need of direction. May your Holy Spirit grant discernment and inspire the courage needed to act. Lord, we lift up in Jesus' name anyone here today who is in pain and going through a difficult time. And at this time, we especially want to lift up our dear friend Molly uh, in the hospice. Um, our hearts are with her and we lift her up to you. Lord, even when all hope is gone, may your Holy Spirit bring the gift of inner peace, comfort, wisdom and courage. We lift up in Jesus' name anyone here today 
who is fearful. For Lord, you are the protector, our shepherd who guards us night and day. Let us now lift up our prayers on our hearts to the Lord. Gracious and loving God, we offer up to you our weaknesses, for it is through, your, through our weakness that your strength and power is known. As your children, and also siblings in Christ, may we learn to lean on you and on each other rather than our own strength. Lord, we pray and ask that your wisdom will guide our leaders and may your spirit strengthen our unity as a church, community. And may our lives be a song of praise unto your name. All this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. But call your name Will you go where you don't know And never be the same Will you let my love be shown Will you let my name be known Will you let my life be grown In you and you
Good morning. It is good to see all of you after a month. <laughs> yes. Yes, Gordon, even you. <laughs> I was hoping to see all of you uh, at Christmas Eve service, being away for three weeks. But then I was down with COVID and could only join all of you online. So I ended up spending the long weekend isolated. It gave me time to reflect. This Sunday is the last Sunday, uh, last day of the year, the earth has made one rotation around the sun, and as the year comes to a close, it feels very much like the year before. Yet, there are things that have changed, there are things that have come a full circle. You can join us on Menti as always. Today, there are no questions, but you can get the slides you know, um, on your phone if you just scan the QR code or go to fcc.menti. So that's and those are the options, uh, but there's no questions today. So, you know, you, go, you guys can chill today. But let us start with prayer. God, in the last day of this year, we come together reflecting, thinking, looking back and looking at full circles. So may the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. So we come to the last day of 2023. We look forward to a new year tomorrow. For some of us today and tomorrow, uh, much festivities to welcome the new year. For others, maybe a more muted time as we rest from all the busyness and prepare for the business to start all over again. Our liturgical calendar also goes in a cycle. And the lectionary readings go through a three-year cycle. And today I want to talk about this week's lectionary reading from the Gospel according to Luke. I'll read from chapter 2, um, verses 25 to 35. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout and looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came to the temple, and when his, the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. 
Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Verses uh, 29 to 32 is also known as the Canticle of Simeon, known in Latin as Nuc Dimittis. It is a full circle for Simeon. He knew that the Holy Spirit, he knew through the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And so he did. And his proclamation, his song is saying, Now that I've seen God's salvation, my time on earth is ending. I'm being dismissed in peace. This passage resonates a lot with me this Christmas season. This Christmas season hasn't been a very positive one for me. Um, which is why I honestly felt being isolated those few days at home was actually a good thing. Many of you know that Molly's earthly time with us is coming to an end. Simon's prayer, Simeon's prayer, is echoed in her own words when she told me I'm ready to go um, before I left um, for my three-week break. And I pray that God will dismiss Molly in peace according to God's word, for her eyes have seen salvation. And all of us will be well in the care of God. And I think she's worried about us. And just as she will be well in the arms of God. It too has been a challenging time for me to celebrate Christmas. Because while it is a time to commemorate the birth of Christ, I also struggle to make sense of how I understand the coming of the Prince of Peace in a time of little peace in the world, especially in the place of Jesus' birth. Christmas celebrations were cancelled in Bethlehem in solidarity with the people in Gaza. And in Manger Square, the city square in the centre of Bethlehem, the place where the usual giant Christmas tree at the Church of Nativity is, a nativity scene, this one, is in the middle of rubble and barbed wire, reflecting what's happening in Gaza. I, the Israel-Gaza war continues. And now, I think, I don't know how many of you are like me, are now numb to the casualty numbers. Because we cannot connect with numbers and statistics and all the propaganda that's going on to convince us one side or the other side uh, is the right one. And honestly, I cannot declare the coming of the Messiah, the one sent among us to declare peace on earth and goodwill to all, without saying this. Cease fire now. I have come to believe that the killing of one person, innocent or not, soldier or combatant or bystander, is wrong. Dropping bombs on anyone is wrong. At the core of Christianity is an invitation to believe the impossible. The impossible that God chose to become one of us, came down and took on flesh. The impossible, the resurrection, that there's life after death. That love is stronger than death. That we are loved beyond measure. All are beloved. And even those we think are enemies, are beloved. 
that is the impossible that we are called to believe. And we must believe because that's, we must believe that God's salvation is for all people. That peace isn't just for a specific group, but peace, the end to all war, is for all. Like how the prophet Isaiah declared in Isaiah chapter 2, God shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat swords to plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. And neither nation shall not lift a sword against nation and neither shall they learn war anymore. We must believe that the peace that God promised is immeasurably more than the peace that we can imagine. And we must work towards it and not allow it to be drowned out by the thoughts that it's not possible, that it is too idealistic. The way of following Christ, the way of love, has always been impossible and idealistic, but yet we follow that way. I will tell you that when I left for my three-week break, I had a crisis of faith. In my sermon, Giving Ourselves on October the 22nd, I talked about how I felt about what's happening in Israel and Palestine. I said, I know people on both sides are suffering. Many people who have been trying to build bridges to bring about peace and all their work crumbled just like that. What I didn't talk about was what happened to one particular peace activist, Vivian Silver. She was one of the founders of Women Wage Peace, a coalition of Jewish and Arab women seeking a negotiated peace in Israel. And she was the co-director of the Arab Jewish Center for Empowerment, Equality and Cooperation where she worked to improve the lives of the Bedouin community in uh, Nekwab and Negev, helping to advance a shared society where all can prosper and all can live in peace. She was killed in the Hamas attack on Israel on October the 7th. She had been involved in this work before even I was born. She moved from Canada to Israel in 1974 and worked tirelessly for peace. And I thought to myself, what's the point? At the end of the day, it feels like all the work for peace is futile. It feels as though, you know, for someone like her who has such an impact, right, who has been dedicating such a long time, as long as I have, longer than I have lived, in that work, and then she was killed. And there's still no peace. What about me? What's the point of my work? Maybe my work is futile too. The reality is, I know many Christians too have conflated the state of Israel with the Israel described in the Bible. The passage I read about you know, salvation for Israel, let's be clear, it is not the same as the state of Israel. Don't confuse the two. People have been led to think that the Christian position should be, to the, be on the side of the state of Israel. And some people even believe that these are signs of the end times and cheer for more bombs to be dropped on Gaza. So, 
along with a lot of other baggage, I left for my retreat at Iona Abbey in Scotland. At the start of the retreat, the facilitator asked us, what do you hope to get out of the retreat? And I shared, I'm burnt out. I feel like I'm running on empty. I'm no more left to give. I want rest, rejuvenation, renewal, and to tap deep into the well that is the Spirit. And yes, I got that and more, immeasurably more from that retreat. During the Christmas service, Pauline asked on Menti, what is one instance that you saw God do immeasurably more than you asked or imagined? I didn't answer on Menti because this is what I would like to share with you today. So when I was going to set off on that you know, retreat, I shared it in the prayer meeting on Zoom, and Mark Argan said, oh, you may be able to see northern lights. You know, it's far north enough, and it's away from the city. There's no light pollution. And I went, oh, that, not so, that planted a not-so-helpful seed of expectation in me. Um, at the same time, I couldn't help it, right? That really hoped for a sign from God, you know, and thinking, wow, me at the Iona Abbey and seeing the Northern Lights, that will be really a sign from God. You know, as much as I tried to fight that expectation, it was planted and was solidly rooted in my head. But my experience is this. Signs of God come at times we don't expect them and in forms that we don't expect either. So, on the second night of retreat, on 1st of December, there was a huge geomagnetic storm. Aurora borealis was seen all over the world. One of my friends was up in Iceland chasing northern lights, and he saw them. Uh, and many people caught the northern lights in Scotland as well. This is a picture taken by someone else in Scotland. And on the other side of the planet, in the US, as far south as Arizona, people saw it. I didn't. I was jet-lagged and exhausted from a nine-kilometer hike in the day, and I slept right after dinner. So I woke up the next day, seeing articles on my newsfeed and the alerts of the app that I downloaded to alert me when there is uh, electromagnetic activity and, you know, run out and see. And, you know, the reports of there were sightings of northern lights on the previous night. And I laughed. In a way, I got the sign that I asked for. But did he really get it? Am I really, 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 really sure? I asked some of the other participants, do you go out and see whether there were northern lights? And like, we were all sleeping. It was really cold, okay? It was minus one. And um, at the Abbey, uh, interesting, well, interesting or not, um, their heating went off, right? Uh, well, their heating went down when we were there. So all we had were space heaters in each of our rooms. And once you step outside of your room, it's cold, right? Even the bathroom is cold. Uh, it, uh, even the dining hall was cold. We were all dressed in our, you know, our layers when we were having dinner. And dinner got cold fast. So all of us were staying in our rooms. Uh, and I, you know, at night, I think <laughs> nobody snuck out and, you know, whether, to see whether there were northern lights. But this is the thing. This how I think signs from God are. We can never be absolutely certain. It requires us to have faith and belief. 
For me, it was just as though God was asking me, you got what you asked for, maybe not in the way that you imagined it, you did not see it for yourself. Do you believe? So um, when I came back, um, we had a little gathering um, with the folks from CARE um, at uh, Jeffrey's place. And Ernest shared with me his own experience, right? Um, of full circles in some way. Because I was telling him about full circles. And that's how this sermon came about. Um, and CARE, if you do not know, is the team who, uh, who pray for folks uh, after service who wanted someone to pray for them. All right? So after service, when we end, uh, you can come forward to have people pray for you. Um, we have a team doing that. The first time Ernest was serving, Lexi went up to him. And I asked them for permission to share this, right? And Ernest has more often been attending service online. You know, you don't see Ernest in the congregation right now, um, uh, rather than in person. But he recognized Lexi straight away because she was in the seat group that he led almost two years ago. But Lexi didn't recognize him because he's not that regular, right? And, well, Lexi just wanted prayer. But to Ernest, it was a full circle. It was like a sign. You know, you cannot really show you a sign from God, but he felt that it was almost God telling Ernest, see what I've been up to in the two years. You know, you have stepped up to serve faithfully, leading uh, seed, and I have multiplied what you offered. I've done something beyond what you have, you know, what you have contributed in some way. And this is just as Ernest is stepping up again to lead seed. The next run of seed is going to be led by Ernest. And this is not, no, he didn't decide to lead seed because of this experience. He really decided, he really signed up to do it. This was almost a message, a sign in some way. Can he be sure? No. But it's also something that we need to make that leap and connect the dots ourselves. And these are some experiences that we have. For others serving, sometimes it's a full circle when we come to realize that people share about becoming a member of FCC and they thank the person, you know, the welcome team that welcomed them. They remember the specific moment who welcomed them. And then the person on the welcome team will go like, I don't remember that. I welcome so many people, right? But that's how God works. And while some of us have experiences like this, and I will say that sometimes it takes a few years before we come to know what happened, right? I know that many of you don't. I really appreciate that one of you actually replied to Pauline's question of how God did immeasurably more for you. One of you actually answered, I don't really recall such instances. That was really courageous and honest. Because really, sometimes it doesn't happen, or sometimes we don't realize that. Jesus says to the disciples after Thomas exclaimed, My Lord and my God, when he saw the wounds on Jesus' hands and his side, Jesus said, Because you have seen me and you have believed, blessed are those who have see, not seen and yet have believed. I hope that for those of you who do not have these experiences, that you do not feel that you are less than, 
that you do not feel that God doesn't love you or God isn't speaking to you or that your prayers are not answered. I hope that even without these experiences, you still know that God loves you and that you have unshakable faith in that. I hope that you are those that Jesus described as those who have not seen and yet believed. I have a sad way now. Sister Mother Teresa had a vision and that's what set her on a path to Calcutta and surf and set up the organisation that, you know, to minister to the least amongst people. Right, in Calcutta. But in the letters revealed that is published now, she had a long dark night on the soul. She never heard from God again. Sometimes we see it once and that's it. And we continue to pour ourselves into the work. And it's not chasing after these experiences because it's so easy to focus on the experiences and not actually what the experiences point us towards. So, at the end of the retreat, things actually came a full circle. I had a dream that I was going, I had to go one to one of the beaches and pick up a pebble. Um, we had been doing that previously. You know, I picked up quite a few pebbles to bring back. But I had a dream to bring, to bring back a pebble for Molly and use it to pray along the three weeks that I was travelling all over, um, and then bring it back for her in Singapore. And so I did. So, you know, um, you know in the free time that I had, I actually hiked out in the minus one um, weather, you know, all packed up and, and go to one of the beaches and pick up a pebble. And as I... And I thought that was a great way to wrap up the retreat. And as I was walking back from the abbey, um, you know, and I was really um, in the zone to, okay, now finish the retreat is done and I'm going to, I'm going to um, go on vacation already, right? And I started thinking about the next place I was going to go. Oh, I'm going to head to Glasgow. Uh, and, and one of the places I really wanted to go and visit was the Kelvin Grove um, Art Gallery. So I was thinking, oh, okay, Kelvin Grove, you know, um, next place to go and plan, you know, because I was bringing forward, I was making changes in my trip to bring forward some... Uh, uh, the days, right? Because um, uh, I realised that the town that I want to stay at was really uh, um, not so interesting during winter. So I brought forward everything by a day. So I went, okay, is the Kevin Grove Museum open on this day? Da, da, da. And when thoughts, one thought jumped to another, that's me. Uh, and I'm probably for most of you, you also have thoughts that run, right? And I thought, Kelvin Grove, isn't that a name of a hymn melody? Yeah, I think it's the name, of a, name uh, of a hymn melody. So I was walking in the cold back to the abbey, and I took out my phone. Yes, there is, uh, there is a reception on the island. And I googled, you know, Kelvin Grove. And guess what song it was? The, the hymn melody is Kelvin Grove, but the song, or, or the, the hymn, was the summons which we just sang. Will you come and follow me? Will you come and follow me? Bye, but call your name. Kelvin Grove is actually a traditional um, Scottish tune. Right? So I went, and then I got stunned. I remembered. 
Because I chose the summons to be one of the songs for my ordination service. You guys weren't there because the ordination service was in the church I was serving in and I interned in um, in the US, um, New Spirit Community Church. And that was one of the songs I picked. And, you know, when I googled the, the, the song, what came out? The summons was written by John Bell. And surprise, surprise, John Bell from Iona Community the very place I was at. And probably I heard of the Iona community through this song. You know, I, I don't remember already, right? And tears came down my eyes. You know, just, I started crying because it was just as though God was asking me, will you come and follow me if I call your name? Will you go where you don't know and never be the same? And it's a full circle. It is what the song I chose, because it spoke to me about the invitation to my calling, the summons, right? summoned to do this. And again, that song cropped up as I finished the retreat. And it's almost God saying, you're not done, you're not done yet. You are still going to speak the words that you feel convicted to speak. Convicted to care for the cruel and the kind and never be the same. Care even for Hamas. Care even for those who continue to spread hate and violence. For we know darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can. Violence cannot end war, only peace can. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can. Because hating our enemies will not change things. And the only way that is possible, probably, is loving them. Changing them by loving them. And perhaps that's why Jesus taught us to love our enemies. And I think that that's what Vivian Silva spent her life doing. At the memorial of Vivian Silva, her son Jonathan said, I think that she will be heartbroken seeing so much pain and destruction, and the continuation of this pain since October the 7th, and no end in sight. Her other son, Chen, said she would want both sides to find a peaceful solution. Our mom believed that violence only brings more violence, and we are really seeing the worst of it now. She would want this to be a turning point towards an understanding on both sides. All our energy needs to be invested in finding a way to seek common grounds. Sama Salami, a feminist Palestinian activist and writer and, um, and co-activist with, uh, with um, Vivian Silver, wrote, Nothing prepared me for yesterday's bitter news of Vivian's tra tragic end. I felt deep despair like a bottomless sinkhole that had opened under the foundations of humanity, where thousands are already buried, men, women, children, innocent Palestinians and Israelis, people who had wished for peace and did not live to see that wish fulfilled. 
I, along with thousands of Palestinian and Israeli women, will accompany you on your final journey someday. A walk I cannot make behind the corpses of my own friends from Gaza. Their stories, their hopes and their dreams are faintly heard somewhere in this world. In accompanying you, Vivian, we, the women of peace, will walk and cry together. And we will hug and mourn this deep loss. And each will remember in your honour the loved ones and friends, Palestinians and Israelis who lost their lives in this pointless war, in this region we all loved. I promise you I will continue on that path. Our destination will not be another cemetery. It will be a place of dreams somewhere over the house of eternal peace. When I read Sama Salami's uh, piece, it was another full circle. I didn't read this, that piece until I came back from, the, um, from my trip. It was an answer to my question, what's the point? Salami too felt the despair. She could just also say, what's the point? I'll give up. But she did not. The point is this. Even if we wish for peace and did not live to see that wish fulfilled, we will still continue on that path. And just like Salami's promise to Vivian Silver, I hope we all can promise that we will continue on that path. That's the point. Simeon only lived to see the Messiah. He did not see, live to see the fruition of salvation. And I think that we are still on that journey of the salvation of all of humankind, all of creation. And I believe that blessed are those who know that they, will, they may not see the peace that, they are, that is promised, the peace that they are trying to work for, but still pour their lives out into that work anyway. Just like Moses poured his life into serving God and leading his people, yet only glimpsed the promised land and not stepped into it. Dare we believe in the impossible. Dare we believe in what we cannot see. Dare we pour ourselves into what God has called us to, even if it may not come, you know, that we may not live to see, to, come, to, to see it to come to fully pass. I hope we dare. Because we are the people of resurrection. We believe that death does not have the final word, but love does. And we will not stop proclaiming that love is stronger and continue working for peace, for justice, and for love until the day that God's peace prevails where swords, spears, tanks, rockets, and missiles are no more. That's the invitation. That's the ask, and that is the summon. Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will you go where you don't know and never be the same? 
I hope our response is this. Lord, your summons echoes true when you but call my name. Let me turn and follow you and never be the same. In your company I'll go where your love and footsteps show. Does I'll move and live and grow in you and you in me. God is doing something immeasurably more. And God is calling us to participate. The invitation to be part of something that we may not live to see, but something that God has already been doing. The transformation of this world through love, to the birth of the Prince of Peace. So let us declare joy to the world. Amen. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria you do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. The cross is two lines intersecting. The cross is where sorrow meets joy, where pain meets healing, fear meets faith, death meets re resurrection, hate meets love. All together, please. This, this table, table is, is at, at the intersection, intersection where, where two lines meet. This table is the declaration that love is stronger. Love is stronger than hate, stronger than death. This table where we break bread is the table of love, the center from where love flows. This table, this table is, is one of awareness. awareness. Awakening, awakening of, of forgiveness, forgiveness, of reconciliation, of salvation, of love. With grateful hearts, we break the space of history to share in your vision of sharing at your table, where all are equal and all are free. We, we ask, ask you to bless this bread and this cup. Through this meal, make us the body of Christ that we may join with you in promoting the well-being of all creation. Amen. We remember on the night when Jesus and the disciples had their last meal together, Jesus took this bread, gave thanks, and broke it. He gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take it and eat it, 
And as often as you do, remember me. In the same way, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to the disciples. He said, drink this, all of you. This cup is the new covenant poured out for you and for many. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Can the stewards come to um, distribute the elements, please? Those watching online, this is a good time to prepare your elements and then we will partake together. Has everyone received their elements? Let's party together.
May I invite you to stand in body or spirit to join in this prayer. All together, please. Lord, Lord make, make us instruments, instruments of your peace. peace. Where there, there is hatred, let us show love. Where there is injury, pardon. pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we pardon. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Thank you, and please be seated. Pass the cups to the stewards in front, please. Thank you. Welcome home once again. Good morning, friends, siblings, brothers, sisters, everyone joining us on site and online. Many of you halfway through braved the cold weather, right? And the inviting call of the bed and, and left it to answer the summons of the Lord. Right? So kudos to that. Well done. Right? So welcome home, welcome to Free Community Church. Uh, to those of you who may be fairly new with us or very new with us. Right, free stands for first realize everyone's equal. Each and every one of you is beloved by God. Right? So regardless of your gender identity, sexual orientation, social economic status, nationality, whatever background or stories or labels that you, you carry upon yourself, as you come through this door, you are recognized, honored as the beloved child of God. So welcome home. So next slide, please. As part of welcoming home, uh, welcoming you home, I'd like to invite you, those of you who are fairly new with us, to scan the QR code or to go to fcc.ly slash welcome so that we can stay in touch with you or at least understand where you're coming from, how we can serve you better. And importantly, we can extend an invite to you for our monthly newcomers meeting. All right, this is not some indoctrination workshop or something, don't worry. All right, it's really a welcome so that we, you can get to know us in a more intimate setting, talking to our leaders, our pastors, and get to know other newcomers. All right, so next session will be happening on the 28th of January, all right, after the service. So if you are interested or you have any questions right, about that, you can go to info at freecomchurch.org. Next, we move on to worshipping our Lord, worshipping God, fellowshipping with God through our Offering and giving. So some admin matters before we go to prayer. Right, if you can go if you like to pay by a Q, um, by a QR code by right, using PayNow or PayLa, you can pick up a phone and scan the QR code. The QR code on your left goes to the general fund that goes to the operation, paying down the salaries, maintaining of the facilities, and um, you know, paying for the various work and projects that we have for our mission. And the QR code on the right goes to the building fund, which goes to paying down the mortgage. But um, personally, I would recommend, right, if you are not un uncertain which to give, just give to the general fund. Now, if you are giving by the QR code, 
um, you can go to freecom sorry freecomchurch.give.asia. There is a one point five percent administration fee by the platform. So all forms of giving are welcome. And after the prayer, we will be inviting the stewards to come forward to go around with the offering bag for those who are giving physically, the cash, check, or any other um, of offering, of other form of offering. So as we look forward, thank you, Myak, and for the full circle sermon. I think it's very apt and appropriate for us at this juncture to look back in the year and examine ourselves, our hearts. What are we carrying within us into the new year? Often we talk about the, the running mind, the mind that anticipates, uh, is always planning ahead, and then sometimes goes into this cycle of obsessing about the future and being anxious. I'd like you to recognize that if that is how you are feeling. Be gentle with yourself, love yourself. And bring your heart back to this present moment. Look within yourself. What are you carrying within you? There may be things that are, you may find that they are uplifting and helpful. There are things that may be, you may be carrying within yourself that may be weighing you down, that may be burdening you, that may be giving rise to anxiety, fear, anger. And all these are acceptable before God. Lift them up in the hands that is within your hearts and offering, offer them to God as a peace offering. So will you join me in the offering prayer? Gracious and loving God, as we stand on the threshold of a new year, we gather to offer our gifts and hearts in gratitude. Reflect on the full circle of this year, the challenges we faced, the joys we celebrated, and the moments of grace we encountered. Lord, bless these offerings we present today. May they symbolize our journey this year, marked by your immeasurable love and guidance. As we close this chapter, we acknowledge your hand in every moment guiding us towards growth, understanding and compassion. Use these gifts, O Lord, to further your work in the world, to spread hope and to bring peace. May they serve as a testament to our commitment to follow the path of Jesus laid out for us, a path of unconditional love and selfless service. As we embark on a new year, fill our hearts with the assurance that you, with you, we can achieve immeasurably more than we can ask for or imagine. Inspire us to carry forward the lessons of this year, to nurture the seeds of faith planted within us, and to embrace the journey ahead with courage and faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May I invite the stewards to come forward to pick uh, to receive and take up the offering. So if you are dropping cash or check physically, you may just raise your hands and the stewards will come for, to you. Thank you. We have a few short announcements. Right? For for the first announcement, we are, as we are embarking in 224, we are looking to, to renew our work, our sacred space. 
together as a community, collectively. So we, we are embarking on a cloud, cloud project. Right now, we are, um, next week, we are going to workshop number two, the second series of the second workshop in the series of workshop that will be coming together like, collectively to imagine and to do some um, reflection on how we like or imagine the space to be in the coming years. So to join us all right, on the 7th of Jan, 1.30pm uh, to 3.30pm. So Gary promised that it will not be more than two hours. Okay? How do you sign up? Don't have to sign up. Simply come at uh, come on um, the 7th of Jan and we'll have a workshop space all prepared. So you don't have to be a member of the church. You can you don't have to even like you know like be a long time part. if you are you don't have to be like you are joining us for years. Even if you are just new with us and you like to know how uh, get to know folks in the church and come together and be part of our new journey, right, we really welcome you. Okay, so let's come together on the 7th of Jan for this, this workshop. The second part, um, as Mark mentioned earlier, we have seed and that is really season 17. Can we have a round of applause for all our seed facilitators? Really, really thank you right, for the community to come together to always ensure that you know, we, are, we, we have a nurturing heart and a program right, to catch all our newcomers, uh, those who are coming in, journeying into the community. So for the next one, right, it's happening on the 14th of Jan, it's season 17. If you're like, if you have not signed up, you're new with us, you have com maybe you have completed the welcome, you know, the meeting, and you are, you are, you're not sure how to plug yourself into the community, come and join SEED. It's actually a four-session uh, program that happens maybe once, uh, once a week or once every two weeks. So if you have any questions on what that entails and what commitment level it is, you can email to freecom, uh, sorry, info at freecomchurch.org. Next. Ace, after church events, we are, and we are holding a after church events on the 14th of Jan, all right, at 1pm, there will be an exclusive uh, premiere of the movie, 1946. So just give me a moment while I pull out the announcement by the organiser. So we are pleased to announce that our first ACE for 22.4, ACE stands for After Church Events. All right. So our first ACE is the movie screening of the new documentary film called 1946. The it talks about the mistranslation that shifted culture. The film, the, the, this film chronicles how the word homosexual entered into the Bible and changed the course of modern history. So if you are interested, like saying that, hey, you know, like how this word, like, impact, how the word homosexuality entered the Bible and how that in impacted Bible interpretation and then subsequently how Christians came to in relate to queer people, right? Come and join us together, right? Let's explore this topic and have a, let, have a great session of uh, robust com conversation around this topic. So please sign up at fcc.li slash one. Nine four six. For more information, to find out more, you can go to www.1946themovie.com. So see you on the 14th of Jan. Next, we move on to benediction. May I invite Pauline forward to give us the benediction? Mm -hmm. 
Will you rise in body and spirit to receive the benediction? <clears throat> At the close of this year, God, we give thanks. We give thanks for all the moments when you moved in ways that were immeasurably more than we asked or imagined. Whether we could see them or not, help us believe. And now may you move and live and grow in Christ and allow Christ to do the same in you. May the grace of God, our parent, the love of Jesus, our sibling, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you both now and forever. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for service today. Come join us next year, which is also next week, and have a blessed new year ahead. <laughs>